Asset Arrest, your global agent for accessing the property you can't afford. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Asset Arrest. I'm Laura Yule and in each episode I invite a guest to attend a viewing of a residential property with me as we pose as potential buyers. This time my guest is artist and filmmaker Wilf Speller, who I've been keen to meet for a while now as I'm a fan of their work and we have a lot of shared interests. Wilf's work emerges from a research and writing practice that reflects on future imaginaries and their representation. The recent work has focused on the ideological and aesthetic dogmas that shape the spatial politics of late capitalism and the Anthropocene. Wilf graduated from the Dutch Art Institute in 2020 and is based in London. They are also recently back from a residency with Alsaka Avenue in Dubai, which I was keen to hear more about. In line with talking about their experience in Dubai, we had originally planned to go and visit the Damak Tower at Nine Elms with interiors by Versace, as Damak are an Emirati property developer based in Dubai. However, when I contacted them, they seemed to want to have a meeting with me on Microsoft Teams and it all got a bit complicated. So in the end, we decided to go and view the Wilberforce penthouse in the Nine Elms Point development by developer Barrett Homes, which is in Nine Elms. Um, It has three bedrooms. The price is listed as 3.4 million and it was completed at the end of 2019. Barrett Homes London say that since their first London development in 1982, Their goal has been to provide high quality homes for all Londoners by focusing on excellence in design, construction and customer service. They go on to say, The supply of new housing is essential to the continued growth of London as a major global city and Barrett London is proud to be contributing to this with the delivery of 1,500 new homes each year. I arrange a viewing through estate agents CBRE Residential and go to meet Wilf near the property for an initial coffee and chat. After a lot of walking around trying to find a cafe or somewhere that isn't full of the sound of building works, we end up near Vauxhall Station. Please note, in our post-viewing chat, I allude to property prices going down, but I think this might be entirely wrong. We also reference the place I was living temporarily at this time, which is the Collective co-living complex in Canary Wharf, which I also viewed with Ollie Mould for episode 14. I hope you enjoyed the lounge music in the post-viewing chat, courtesy of the Alchemist Bar, where we had a couple of cocktails, which seemed to be the only place to go near there, and which is situated beside the infamous sky pool of Ballymore's Embassy Gardens that has finally been completed. But it's yet to be seen how long this pool actually remains in the sky. Uh, hello, Will. Hello. Um, <laughs> we are in Pretz by Vauxhall Bridge. Is that yes. where we are? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going. We're about to go to see a £3.4 million penthouse in the Nine Elms what was it called? Point or something? Nine Elms Point. Nine Elms Point, yeah. How are you feeling about this viewing? Um, yeah, I, don't know. I actually was a little bit nervous about, like, somehow I keep imagining getting caught out somehow, but we're going to be, like, called out. Um, I was, called out? Yeah. Cancelled. Like, yeah, I was doing, like, this morning when I was getting dressed, I was like, 
like trying to think like how would someone dress that would go mm. to a 3.4 well, million I've, your shoes are really yeah. good where I'm did you get them so these are uh, i'm actually wearing a pair of fake versace trainers uh, which i got in dubai ah um, okay that makes sense so, uh, unless they've got a real eye then uh, <laughs> um, hopefully these will pass maybe you can just say a bit about who you are and what you're what what you do sure yeah so I'm Wilf and I'm an artist and a filmmaker um, I guess my background like I originally studied film and then did a master's in photography so I have a kind of interest in like the image and um, kind of the power of images and how images operate um, and then that kind of led like more recently into a kind of interest more in spatial politics which kind of came through actually like looking at a lot of the um, advertisements and stuff for for these sorts of places so like mm. these CGI renderings and stuff of uh, luxury real estate um, and sort of trying to understand like how they present the city how they present um, themselves and then but then also uh, kind of the technologies behind them and how those are also starting to shape how the city is shaped mm. so like within animation you sort of have this is this is basically my thesis that I just completed so it's like <laughs> also just kind of uh, I may now just go into a <laughs> into a rant about it but stop me abstract but yeah it's sort of like how how the animations are generated through these kind of like parametrics and stuff and and how that is then being used in like urban design and in architecture so there's this real back and forth between the way that these images are actually constructed like mm. all the techno aesthetics of these images and and then the actual construction of space okay and but can, then, can you make like animations like this yourself or are you more no just, i i'm actually I mean, a complete amateur in these things no i mean and, like, i guess it's a whole other that's a whole other like yeah many years of studying yeah i would love to i mean i i often end up like working with this imagery this kind of imagery in my work and stuff but it's always like uh yeah like, almost like appropriating this material or finding like weird kind of ways around how to like make something look kind of how I want it to or I have like got more into things like photogrammetry which is like a kind of way of um, using photography or video to generate three-dimensional space like virtual three-dimensional space mm. so that's something I've kind of got to grips with a bit like that's a bit more technical but otherwise I'm like very much uh, kind of interested like amateur <laughs> and I mean I, I, I guess I have like an understanding of, of or have gained an understanding of how these things work yeah, to some yeah. extent but doing it is is a whole other thing yeah. yeah and what you maybe don't want to talk about your thesis but I'm wondering like what kind of conclusions did you reach about how these uh, kind of renderings are like reconfiguring real space or you know like sure well it, I mean sort of then so I almost gave half of it there like, that it's essentially that these these spaces so it so in in animation like if you want to generate something like a, a fire or something like that is essentially like sort of contingent movement um, you use what's known as like a particle system and a particle system is like 
uh, a set of particles that you random, like allocate random values to for things like their trajectory or their lifespan or their velocity or their movements and stuff so that it creates a sort of thing that looks very random and, and to a certain extent is random and is out of control of the animator so you're not like being like right now I want this tiny particle to move here and this one to move there and this which would take forever you can kind of create something that actually does to a certain extent have a life of its own and then this similar kind of um, method is used in certain like design methods like in what's known as like parametric design so if you want to like generate a kind of biomorphic or organic looking like shape you can kind of set parameters to, uh, to uh, set values to parameters to create something that like is a little bit out of your control or is like a kind of is seen as like a form finding technique so like rather than defining the form yeah or like but you don't design the form but the, the form finds its own natural uh, like uh, shape and you might and this is kind of this like reflection back and forth between like understanding forms within nature and the kind of algorithms that structure like how a leaf grows or whatever and then kind of then almost like reversing that and using those algorithms to then generate new forms and then so my argument in the thesis is that actually this understanding of like form is uh, reflective of like um, neoliberal ideology in which like the form of society the form of the economy should be left to the economy itself and the, and and not interfered with so it's kind of this move away from a kind of modernist like overview master plan of like economy development and and like you, you see that in like urban development you see that in like economic planning and these sorts of things within modernism and then now in a kind of neoliberal era you it's about like allowing the form to find itself so it kind of starts with these like animations of these advertising these this real estate and then kind of tries to understand like how those are kind of generated and then how the, the same sort of technologies which are very like speculative technologies or speculative aesthetics are used to like organize space and uh, the economy and all sorts of aspects I mean also you see like in the marketization of things like education or healthcare like these are all ways in, in which the market is used to find the best form for like how society is organized mm. and I mean do you have like specific examples of this in terms of real estate or yeah I mean a lot a lot of it at the moment like also these things are these technologies are quite expensive especially in terms of the kind of constructions that they result in because they result in these very like you imagine like Frank Gehry or something like these kind of very complex like curves and mm. things like this that are like actually very hard to construct and, and expensive to construct so it is like definitely more high-end thing in terms of architectural design but in terms of like urbanism you see like master plans now that are using these sorts of things so um, like Zaha Hadid studio like um, used 
like there's this crazy example where like in Istanbul they used this technology that you normally use within like animation to to like animate hair like human hair or whatever like mm-hmm. and the, how hair like falls and flows and stuff in order to generate like the most efficient but like organically beautiful kind of roots mm-hmm. through an urban plan so they're using like these kinds of technologies to develop like how the space is shaped and, and I, but then you do see like we're in nine arms right now and like there is a the Geary development in by Battersea Power Station yeah. and like the centerpiece of that development is called like the flower and it's this kind of erupting like or it's meant to look like this sort of very organic like shape that, that is That's still, I mean that whole thing's still under construction isn't it yeah I don't think I think it's probably not due for completion for a while but um, but no. that will have used like parametric design tools to kind of generate and calculate like the those forms because you can't just like do a drawing and then be like well hopefully that will stand okay. like it you sort of uh, like like however organic it looks it's like incredibly calculated obviously like in terms of like the strength of the structure and stuff so I mean these tools are like are quite amazing in other ways and and like I don't know in terms of like furthering the research it would be really interesting to think about like how similar tools could be used to kind of um, like generate ways of organizing and, and finding forms that were like more equitable and more like you know not based on just like maximization of profit or these sorts of things and like there is you know like they're they're powerful tools and but it's just how for me what was interesting is like the how these like techno aesthetics are kind of also like reflections of the kind of mode of capital like contemporary capital so it's kind of yeah like looking at that relation between the two and and trying to draw out that and I I guess that's like that goes all the way back to like you know like my BA in film and just thinking about like how images are like produced and and like thinking about montage and thinking about so it's, it's sort of like I've moved through to thinking about like spatial politics but it's still very much connected to like the technologies of image production and, and like the yeah like techno aesthetics of these things yeah and what do you how, how would you imagine like the future of the future use or state of all these kind of new housing developments I mean specifically like you know the kind of high-rise shiny half-empty penthouse style development yeah I mean that's the thing is they are inherently like tied to to the market right as well so it is it they are like it's not like these tools are being used to to develop housing they're just also being used to develop a new like just to develop the market really it's not they're just like stand-ins the buildings are like stand-ins yeah yeah and and they are literally like yeah they're just ways of like housing value and like and not really housing people and they're like I I was in Dubai recently for a residency and I met this guy Noah Rafford who's like the chief futurist of the of Dubai and he was sort of talking about how 
value is created there in terms of like you take a piece of land that is like pretty worthless on like 10 miles out of Dubai and then and then each stage adds a kind of layer of value but nothing really has, has actually happened so that piece of land is allocated that it can be developed the piece of land then increases like by threefold just by that then like um, planning permission like plans are made or designs are made the land increases again then like infrastructure is brought in like it's connected to the like water network or the electric network the value goes up again and then the building are built the value goes up again and so what you start with which is just like something of very little value just gains so much value with so little input and it's just like it's market creation rather than like it's not responding to a need it's just like creating value out of like nothing and in Dubai you see like the kind of skeletons or the ruins of like all of these stages because there's so much of this just like speculation going on that you like does a lot of it get completely yeah. abandoned yeah so you you go on Google Earth or whatever and you'll see like whole road layouts in the middle of the desert and just like but it's just like where there's meant to be like towers or whatever and it's just mm. roads and nothing else so, wow. and, the, and and you'll see like buildings that are half finished that have been abandoned it's like it's kind of weird there because you sort of simultaneously have this quite old-fashioned or modernist idea of like master plan because it's like very obviously directly top-heavy like uh, development of the, mm. the city because you say essentially like one man's vision yeah, but then yeah. at the same time it's well he described it as like chaos magic that it's like wow. <laughs> you're just like throwing ideas out and seeing what sticks and and actually the image that you that Dubai projects of all these kind of mega projects like for those ones that are completed there's like a million in the way side that have just like never made it but never get mentioned like mm. even like there's like you know you have like the palm Jumeirah and then there's yeah. the palm the, this other palm that you don't hear about anymore that they built the whole thing <laughs> and everything but they never got developed and so it's like and it's like twice the size of the, the, wow. the palm and it's just like just down the coast but like you I was there for two months and you never get a view of it or see it or like it's just sort of like oh yeah that sort of just it was like a Ignore thing that, that, that didn't happen because of like the financial crisis basically okay, but yeah. there's a, a there was a lot of stuff that was abandoned then yeah, yeah. Um, and you did a residency at Al Seker Avenue is that what it's called? Al Seker Avenue Al yeah. Avenue how yeah, was yeah. it I mean how was it kind of like working in that context of Dubai it was quite surreal to be honest and it was quite terrifying actually like um, just for a few reasons but mostly because in a weird way you sort of see how well it works for the people it works for mm. essentially like privileged people like obviously it's like a place that's built like quite explicitly on exploitation like obviously most of contemporary world is built on capitalist exploitation but there it's kind of like in your face um, but for the majority of people that are there, like it, it's um, you know, like they talk about feeling really safe. They talk about like that they have a good life, and like, and 
I don't know, it's almost like, especially with this kind of current, like, crisis of democracy sort of thing, you sort of like, fuck, like, you can totally understand how people would go for this model because it works for them. And that's not to say that it's, like, good or anything. It's more that it's, like, it's terrible and it's much, much worse. But, but actually, like, you almost wonder if there was a vote there, like, do you want democracy? Like, people would just be, like, we're quite happy with, you know... The way things are. The shake running things, like, and you sort of wonder. Oh, we're gonna have to go. Sorry. Oh, we're late. Okay. Um, we can continue this afterwards. Yes. But yeah, we're. Well, it's not far from here, is it? This penthouse is spread across the 36th and 37th floors and offers 2,124 rescue feet of luxury living space. The 36th floor comprises master suite with built-in wardrobes and NCUIT shower room, two further double bedrooms, one with NCUIT and a separate modern bathroom. Open plan kitchen living dining area and private balcony. A second living room area and kitchen occupy the 37th floor, opening up to a large private terrace offering beautiful views across central London. The apartment features modern fixtures and fittings, including underfloor heating and energy-efficient, resist-down lighting. The kitchens benefit from high-end appliances, including wine coolers, and are finished with silestone worktops and stylish glass splashbacks. Additionally, the bathrooms boast a sleek and contemporary finish, comprising roker basins, grow fittings and stunning walnut, mirrored vanity units. At Nine Elms Point, the contemporary London lifestyle is exceptionally well catered for. Residents' balconies and terraces offer superb views over the landscape podium gardens, enhancing the community ambience. Uh, we're out of the lovely penthouse. The Wilberforce. Um, Wilberforce, that's this horrible name. Um, and we should have judged it by the name, I think. It's a horrible, horrible place. Yeah. I mean... You can't help, because obviously the first thing you notice is like the furnishings, and it yeah. was terrible. I mean, then I guess you notice the view. The views are I mean, the views good. are great. When you're high enough to view, but you really see like to the everything. outskirts, no? Like yeah. you can really see even like green fields in the distance. Yeah, no, no, it's quite like outside. a varied view, yeah, yeah. but I just... I, would, I wouldn't trust that there's not going to be some gigantic lot right in front yeah, of you yeah. within five years. There's just building like everywhere. You can... Yeah, uh, that would, I mean, not even if I was a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I just find this area so depressing. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think he was almost surprised that we might want to live in it. Like it felt like... When we first saw him, I think he looked immediately like... No, really I mean almost that like... Like, I don't know how much these things are even being sold to live in. Oh, right, yeah. Well, but he said it had been sold three times. Yeah. Or did I misunderstand? He, I think what happens, it's been sold three times, but it's fallen through every time. So oh, that's it's still, what you're saying, yeah, yeah. Still, so it's not being sold. So it's not being sold, yeah. So no one's ever lived there. And there's currently an offer that's, but they think that one might fall through as well. He said it had to be above 2.9 for us, so that offer must be 2.9 yeah. million. Yeah, and then he, but he said also it started said, at four. Yeah, I mean, it was, which is not that long ago. It's only no. been ready for like a year and a half, so. But I guess COVID is, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, if he's been the one that's been trying to sell it, then I can also understand why it's not oh, good because he was... Well, yeah, I presume that they each get allocated their own properties to try and sell, maybe? Maybe, yeah. He was the most lacklustre... Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad in case he's going to listen to this. You described him as the rudest... Uh, rudest estate agent I've ever encountered. Yeah. But I mean, I just feel like he immediately... Like, of, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 my God, what's, oh, yeah. what's that... Thing. That is a smoke Oh, can I can I make a video of you yeah, smoking it? Look. Sorry, I'm a t- not a tourist. But... <laughs> Sorry. <It's> okay, <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> okay, now you can go. It's just like a vape. No, it... yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's just like a vape. It's a vape. Um, but Sorry, you're not in the photo. I'm like. Oh. Doesn't bother me anyway, but basically in there now is you've got a bit of cherry smoke in there, so Smells when you good. kind of pour that, it's going to start infusing with the drink and things like that. That gulp in there as well with a little taste on it. That's also yours to keep as well. So, oh, uh, cool! Hello, amazing. Yeah, enjoy, uh, Thank good you. Good and drinks as well, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Back to the recording. What were we saying? Interrupted by, uh, by some molecular gastronomy, obviously. Uh, because there's nothing around here. There's this bar, The Alchemist, which we're in. There's like a Starbucks somewhere. Yeah, right by the embassy. But the it, all feels, it all feels a bit like, because it's all these new developments, they've got the kind of typical empty ground floor unit thing and no one can afford to actually run a business in it. Yeah, and I imagine also like, I mean, it, well, I guess it's Monday midday so it's also understandable that it's empty but yeah like so little but it's like the grand opening of everywhere yeah (laughs) so little seems to be finished around here like it's a building site and i guess it's been a building site for like five years i don't even remember what was here before yeah it was like light industrial and um i don't know how many people were like moved out from this area uh, to make way for the de- yeah, I guess. I mean, there must have been a lot of social housing that got just yeah. torn down. I mean, yeah, Batsy Power Station was like decommissioned in like the eighties as well. Mm. So I think it's also just been like. The time. I haven't actually seen it recently, apart from seeing it from the view there. It looks fucking weird. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be Apple headquarters. Oh yeah. Where are they now? Um, I don't know, know. actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We were saying that guy was the most rude estate agent, and I think I was going to say that as soon as we met him in the lobby, I was like, I could see him licking me up and down and just thinking, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I'm but paranoid. You had a good story, like the story. <laughs> I really the story, up the story was <laughs> that you had inherited recently inherited a house in West London mm. that you wanted to sell and buy something more new. And then I, I don't know why, but I said we lived in Hackney. Yeah. And then I think he thought I meant that I'd inherited a house in Hackney and I was like panicking because he would obviously know that houses in Hackney are not like 3.5 million probably. Yeah. Or you they might say, be some. You did say West London. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I felt, I felt a bit rumbled. Well, I made the mistake of saying it wasn't on the market. Should have said it was sold, right? Yeah, yeah. We got, we got the cash. Yeah. 
carry a, carry a brief. But I, I think this also like I don't know anything about the house selling process. So to yeah. me, I'm like, oh, we'll just stick it on the market and it'll be gone and snapped up. But yeah, I guess it's not like yeah, because I guess because it's under offer and stuff. It's probably like if we wanted to sweep in and take it, then we'd sort of need to be like flush and ready, right? <laughs> but I said I could borrow money. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I might be able to borrow it. And then, then I just family. sounded like a panicking person with no money. Like. Well, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's so hard to get uh, any kind of understanding of what what you should expect for, for this kind of money. Like, mm. And like, but it, I think if I had that kind of money, it's like, like this area, I mean, I guess it's like fairly central and, but it, he, he really emphasized that it's like an investment and that you, yeah, like I in mean, five years this is going to be totally transformed. It's an investment if all the bullshit we like plans go to, if things go to plan. Yeah, yeah. But fuck knows what's going to happen within the next five years. Yeah. I mean, prices are going down, right? So. Yeah, yeah. He said that they were still going up here because I said um, how are the prices around here, and he said, well, obviously it sort of the market froze. froze. During like like the idea that it just sort of was on pause <laughs> rather than like depreciating or whatever. But, but also then he said it had gone down from four million. Like, yeah, exactly. That's like a whole million. And then off. he's like, oh well, you know, it's got to be above two point nine. So it's like started at four, you could maybe get it for two point nine one eighteen months later. Yeah. But he's also said that everything else in the building is sold. Including the other penthouse next next door. But, um, I mean, as a penthouse, it was underwhelming. I yeah. mean, like, I mean, I guess I just have this idea in my head of penthouses being like completely like spectacular, like, yeah, like window, no wow wall, you. just window. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The outside of the building was disgusting. <laughs> it was yeah, like gold like panels. Gold panels, but they're all like discoloured, so they're all slightly different, like tones of gold. And but like sort of not really gold, more like this sort of yellow, like mustard. It was like mustard, <laughs> mustard the gold. Mustard it like and it just looked dirty already. And yeah, it was. I guess there's. I guess it feels very polluted around here. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's why it's filthy already. Yeah, I guess that's like the construction. It's always like you'd you be buying it like on all of these kind of like premises of like, oh yeah, well, you know, the construction will be finished and oh well, you know, like it's like you're investing in, I mean, all of these things are like speculative, right? And, and here it feels like even more so. It's like, mm. you, even though it's not buying off plan, you're still like buying like with the idea that in five years this will be like a vibrant nice place to live yeah, but right like now it's not five it's years is quite long like <laughs> yeah i mean maybe it's not i don't know yeah but whoever buys that is not gonna live in it i'm pretty sure yeah i think if i wanted if i had the money right i would buy it and then maybe let it out for the next five years. <laughs> if you had the money. Yeah, if I had the money. <laughs> but like, right? you wouldn't then... think, you want to be a landlord. Like, would you, if you had the money, you would choose to be a landlord. I mean, I wouldn't. If I, <laughs> Sorry, I mean, <laughs> like, 
I'm just thinking from the perspective of like, if, if you were yeah. to actually like who what's who's going to buy it like, like what would I do if I had the money I don't wouldn't spend it on that but I mean like you'd rent it out I guess you might rent it out and then once this area is like finished then it's then I can imagine it would feel more value like yeah. be more valuable what did he mean when he asked me like after I'd fucked up and said the house wasn't on the market and then he said like would you consider you're not considering like renting it out or something no I think he was saying because you've inherited this place in West London that's worth roughly three million yeah he was saying would you not remortgage it I don't even know what that means <laughs> like, that means if you own it I mean, and, it, and it's paid know. off then you could get a mortgage on on the value of that property to buy this one. Oh, oh, I see. And then but why wouldn't I just get a mortgage on this one? Because oh, but I'd need to you, sell the other your one. Asset. Yeah, like Fuck, I, don't understand. I think that what he was saying is you would mortgage that one and then let it, like the place in West London. Okay. Oh, then, that is a smarter and then idea. Buy this one. Yeah, well, that I know, is a that's smarter idea. I feel like an idiot. He was a real numbers man. Like. Yeah. I don't, they usually aren't. They never ask, like, how... Like, it's also quite funny that he was just, like, questioning your business choices as well. So, like, I know. Not to do this. But... I... I, yeah, I, I should have just been like, oh, my, my dad's dealing with the financial side, but... Yeah, yeah. But then who did you inherit it from? <laughs> <laughs> I did my think about saying, like, something about... Oh yeah, we'll have to ask your dad, like, to imply <laughs> that he's like some financial guru. But then I was thinking, oh yeah, but who did you inherit it from? I guess your grandparents. Yeah, but surely, like, by my age, if I'm thinking of Maybe buying thinking, a three million pound place, I would surely have some idea about the house buying and selling process. Yeah, you'd be in a family that at least would know a bit about property, I guess. Anyway. Maybe nope, we're focusing too much on the failures of <laughs> our flimsy <laughs> story. Yeah, I mean, the, the the gym was okay. The shared lounge was like... Oh my god. Oh, it felt like one so of... So depressing. Yeah, like... That kind of like weird crystal, not quite chandelier, but is that a chandelier? Yeah, I don't know. One of those lights with like hanging crystals that just... But it was like super low ceilings and like oh no god. lights. It was on the... First floor, but it had mm. not a single window. No windows. It, it felt like almost like one of these like smoking lounges or something in a Ugh. in an airport or something. Just yeah, like, it just had a fucking feeling of like things dying in there. Yeah. <laughs> like I was surprised there was two guys like working on laptops because it just feels like such a depressing place to work. Because where you're living or staying at the moment is like all about this like co-working mm. sort of space right yeah i mean the interior where i am like the shared spaces like the lounges and co-working spaces still look kind of like a hotel yeah. but they have like windows and stuff yeah. and they're like going for a kind of younger clientele i guess so it's got like you know yeah. horrible art on the walls and stuff yeah. um, there did seem to be a few people living in this tower a lot. Like, like we, we had to wait a long a time for lifts. Yeah, the lift situation. I mean, it feels like silly to like because obviously we don't have this money. We're not actually considering buying this thing, but like the lift situation was pretty shit. Like, like yeah, because you're on the top floor, and we when we took the lift back down, we got stopped on like maybe four or five different floors because mm. people were trying to also get into the lift. It took us like five minutes to get down. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was annoying. And then you wait for a few minutes to call the lift, and then it's... Are there, uh, yeah, it's weird there were so many people around. Like, yeah. are they not at their jobs? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the people that we did see maybe looked like they were maybe students or something. Yeah, I mean... it didn't feel like that fancy, the rest of it. Like, I mean, yeah, I wonder we saw how the much, like, a one-bedroom was probably, like... I have no idea how much it would yeah, be, but... I don't know at all, but... To some people, I guess, it would seem affordable. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, everything yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is all, like, relative, right, but... Actually, see, when I asked, there was a garbage chute right outside the door, and I, it's in my head because last week when I viewed The Guardian in Canary Wharf, she was like, oh, you have to take your garbage down and outside, and the first time I was like, oh, that sounds annoying. But then she was like, oh, you know, when you have a garbage chute in the corridor, it really stinks the place out. Mm. And I don't know if she was lying, because well, that guy, when I asked him, just, do you not have problems with the smell? And he's like, yeah, no problems because you don't live here, and also no one's lived here. Yeah, he's so... Sort of talked about the building like he knew it well. I wonder like how many of those units or whatever he's personally yeah. sold. CBRE, they maybe maybe they dealt with like all of that building I guess. Because how does it work? Like Barrett are the developer and then normally like they work with us an agent that uh, Yeah, I mean someone like Ballymore work like they seem to have their own team of mm. salespeople. But uh, Barrett and a lot of the other ones will work with like an estate agent company, specific, a specific one. Yeah. CBRE, I've viewed stuff with before and I, uh, I don't like them. They just seem depressed. Yeah, yeah. He definitely didn't, like, feel excited about this place. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I you think I'm asking this too much. I'm like, why is yeah. he not excited about us? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but, like, I don't know, you... Like, so obviously in the last few days I've told a few friends, like, oh, yeah, on Monday I'm going to view this, like, 3.4 million pound penthouse <clears throat> and then you know like everyone's like oh wow like and you sort of expect this like wow factor right you sort of mm. expect to come through the door and be like whoa yeah like 3.4 million I mean maybe I have no idea like maybe that's not very much for a penthouse I don't know but like I have no idea either but I have no I think kind it's of concept of maybe it's quite a Standard new development penthouse price, apart from the yeah. really like, like um, developments by like Regent's Park or like yeah, Palace yeah. Street or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've definitely seen like better, bigger, more impressive penthouses, but they've been east, like towards uh, Canary Wharf area. Right. And are they like similar price? Or? They've been cheaper. There's like yeah. a and they were more impressive. A Ballymore one. Uh, yeah, they were like, you know, windows almost all around, mm. kind of circular. That's not what you expect, right? This like yeah. floor to ceiling window. And you want like a rotating circular bed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. or like, like a sunken <laughs> really couch. Trashy, or like, like yeah. sunken sex pit or something. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. <laughs> You need to do like a special asset arrest where you view like time travel and go to some 70s the bachelor. 70s, yeah. like that's when they really knew interior design. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. If you want a penthouse, you kind of want like something sexier. Like, yeah, you want it to be sexy, right? Like gold bed sheets. Like. <laughs> Maybe that Versace home one though yeah, that we almost is... went to see. Like yeah, that looks like we tried to film this Versace place, but it didn't work out. But. I was yeah. very curious, like, what Versace 
interior design. I mean, the photos like, looked horrific. Like, yeah. you know, I like a bit of this actually trash. Yeah. But not in my house. I wouldn't want my entire house to be like, yeah. all these like ornate <laughs> kind of patterns. And it was also really brightly colored looking, which seems like every color you can imagine just throwing Which isn't very Versace. No, you'd think like gold, black, white or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny this like interior design because you also see like a lot of uh, like like Bentley homes and stuff. And, like it's like is that Bentley like the car yeah. company is like doing interior designs? I guess they do car interiors, but like yeah, I don't know. It's weird. That everything is branded. It's like you get branded I, tower and then you get branded interior. I definitely would say that when we saw those, some of the worst furniture I've ever seen in a, yeah. in a house that expensive as well. And the artwork also oh. is terrible. It's sort of this like, sort of like, meant to look like sort of almost like African <laughs> art. Also, you know what I mean? Like, not, I'm not, I'm obviously like reducing African <laughs> art to this like cliche. But, but, and I'm not saying that that is what African art is, but it was like this, like, they, yeah. like vaguely, you know, like, I don't know. But nothing even matched. It was just like random colors and styles yeah. thrown and in. a lot of stuff that felt crowded, no? And then, every, I mean, like the bathroom, like everything felt really cheap. Like those materials they used were just like... Yeah. And also I mean, the, the individual rooms were all really quite small like even yeah. like the master bedroom like and the master bedroom's ensuite is not even the one that had the bathtub in it yeah that was weird <laughs> god forbid i mean it was in fact the, the bathroom that had a bathtub in, the guest in be- uh, it wasn't even it was just like a separate it wasn't even a suite or like no yeah it was like what is usually the guest yeah. toilet room like how, and how yeah yeah it was basically the guest toilet but how would you like i, I wish i'd asked but like if you wanted to like change the layout or something like is that at all possible if you wanted to be like oh we want to knock these two through and i think usually it's not but maybe i mean you'd get planning permission if we were just like a couple that had enough money to buy something like that like you don't need like three pokey bedrooms like i'd rather just like knock it i don't know do you know what i mean i'm just imagining like (laughs) Like, oh, you want a, you maybe you want a guest bedroom, it? and maybe we'd want like an office room. Yeah. But then. I'm really trying to imagine living in it. It's like I'm almost. Uh, you also don't need like, do you really? I mean, the upstairs space was a bit like. Yeah, this what is the like, fuck is this meant to be? This was like the bachelor pad. Yeah, pool table. Of, it was a pool table. I've never seen a pool table in a show flat and like yeah. a furnished flat. Yeah, quite specific to be like, you're going to want this. Yeah. Um, there was also like, oh no, there wasn't. Upstairs didn't have a dining table, did it? No. I can't remember that actually. No, it was outside had a dining table. Yeah, yeah the, the, there was almost like a mini sort of kitchen upstairs as well, right? Like, but just like a sink and stuff. Yeah. I guess it's like meant to be like, he said bar. it was like for entertaining <laughs> in the upstairs, but kind of weird, like you would live in this kind of fairly small apartment downstairs, but then you have the space upstairs that you just use for like entertaining. Mm, I'm just imagining like actually living there and what it would be like. It's like... It's really small. I meant to ask if you could have a, like, put a hot tub on the roof terrace. 
Because sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Usually you can't. Because it's, it's like, like heavy. Weight, right, yeah, yeah. The roof terrace was pretty big. It was big, actually. That's it's not bad. Yeah. I mean... I don't know, yeah, it's weird when you start thinking, well, that wasn't, that wasn't too small. Yeah. <laughs> 3.5 million. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I guess something like that you're paying, like, the things that you're paying that make it worth, or like, you know, it's not really, nothing's worth that really, but like, what you're paying for, I guess, is like the view, the mm. fact that you can just like say to people that you live in a penthouse almost. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah. prestige, no? Like, yeah, people would pay. You, you, the price jump is probably insane for yeah. like a three bed. And like this sense of like, I'm at the top of the mm. building, I'm on the top floor. Like, it's almost and like. Zone one. Yeah, kept saying zone one, zone know. one. It's like. Well, that doesn't mean anything so, unless it's well, the area you need to be. save a bit on your oyster card. <laughs> I was like, why is he even telling us about like the trains? Like, yeah, yeah. We, we obviously have a chauffeur like taking us around. <laughs> yeah, you get one free parking spot included in the service charge. You said maybe two. Maybe they're not two. Full. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I was like, well, we'll definitely need two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then when I asked him, like, is the cladding safe? Has there been any, like, does it need replaced yeah. or anything? And he just kind of was like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I think it's had the ESW test or whatever it's called. Yeah. And I was like, well, fucking hell, you should know. Like, yeah. you know, more and more buildings are having... Yeah, because it's old enough that it would have been cladded before, like, yeah. that, those standards were brought in. Yeah, definitely. And it looked, I don't know, the, the cladding looked a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. mm. But I don't know if that's a question that only an amateur would ask. Yeah, that was so funny, I guess, like, because I had a few questions that I almost like, wanted to ask, but then I was like, does it, it almost give me away? Like, like, even when I said, like, do we have to keep the furnishing? I thought it was a bit like... I'm sure we can sort something out. Well, yeah, because it's it. like, we wouldn't you just move in and pay someone to take it all out? Yeah, and put exactly. It in the like, if you've got that we'll much money, like, you just like, I should have said. I'll take it to the charity shop. Don't worry, we can free cycle it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in one before in Berlin that was nearly five million, and I was being like, do we get the like the the crockery and the forks? <laughs> and she's like, yes, yeah, she get everything. Like, do we get like the fake lemons? <laughs> yeah. Do we get the fake ice cubes in those glasses? Because I kind of want them. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, what would it, what would it look like when you moved in? Would all of that like fake fruit and stuff just be there? And you're like, here you go, here's the keys. Like, and it's like your first thing you do is chuck like 20 fake limes down the refuge chute. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I bet they just leave it there. Yeah. Well, I guess a lot of people like want it to stay looking like a showroom because they're just gonna, they're not gonna flip live it there. or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, but imagine renting a place and you've got a bunch of fake lines. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if someone's going to rent that out, I reckon that furniture could really put people off. Yeah. Well, they said to so the, the penthouse next door, I asked, like, 
do you know much about the occupants or whatever? And he, the first thing he said actually was, uh, yeah, well, they're a British couple. <laughs> like, like in case, like, I guess maybe he was trying to imply like they do live there, but it was also felt a bit like, don't worry, they're British yeah. almost. Like, um, but he said that they were renting actually. So presumably someone else bought it as an investment and, and sort of did exactly that, mm. like renting it out. And the women coming out of there looked very... Yeah. She, I don't know. Because we, when we arrived, someone came out, someone came into the lift after us, after we got out, and that's, there's just the two penthouses on that floor, so she could only have been coming from... I mean, she, she could have been normal. cleaner or something, I don't well, know. she looked kind of normal, like yeah. pretty, pretty. She looked but, nice. like, she didn't look like... Maybe they could be our, <laughs> our mates, the couple next door, yeah. dinner parties on the terrace. Maybe she was the cleaner. Oh, maybe. Yeah. She looked dressed too nicely. I mean, not no. that cleaners aren't dressed. I just mean like you'd wear something shitty if you're you gonna would, get yeah, dirty. She wasn't wearing like a uniform. But if you get your penthouse cleaned, it's probably not that dirty to begin with, is it? Yeah. I mean, I just imagine we these people living like perfect, perfectly clean lives. Yeah. Well, like. You sort of imagine they never cook or anything, right? Mm. Just like, I don't know. <laughs> well, if they're concerned about their health, then they probably should be cooking for themselves. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you know, I just picture these people going on like raw diets and stuff, and being like, I must maximize my productivity by not eating refined sugar. Yeah, I, I had a friend who was a chef who did like personal chef stuff where oh, he would, of course yeah so sorry, they, that's there's also like, that right like he would go around and cook like basically meals for the whole week and fill their like the, oh. the job description was like fridge filling or something like so he would like make <laughs> fridge filling he would make like the he would make them like dinner that night maybe but then also like make like like here's your here's your food for Monday here's oh. your food for so like like very like infantilizing these people but like you make like prepare the meals for them or maybe even be like and here's the ingredients so you can sort of make this thing mm. like mm. oh you know chop up this to make a little salad on the side or they get those made stupid delivery boxes where your whole meal's like yeah. set out for you and you just put it all together oh yeah yeah but he would like? go on holiday with these people you know like they would take like, how rich you know, were they? Like, I can't remember who they were. Like, maybe they were like in media, like a newspaper or something. They were rich. Did they have children? I can't, can't remember. This was a while ago. I wasn't a close friend, but I mean, I can yeah. imagine that if you have children and like you both work full time or something. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, not that I would. But yeah, like classic, like you know, like. Take, take, they take him on the yacht or whatever to like cook and that sort of thing. Wow. But yeah. I don't know, like, it does, I don't really know how rich someone is that owns a 3.4 million pound penthouse is actually. Like, I are know, they like, rich enough that they have like a personal chef and a chauffeur? I don't even know. Like, I guess you how would rich be. do you have to be to. But do people buy that kind of thing with a mortgage or do you think they always have cash? Like, yeah, I guess it depends. Like, I guess there's like I guess you could get a aspirational mortgage. people that are like. Mortgage. I mean, if you get paid like 200k a year, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe, like, how much do you have to earn to get a mortgage on that? Yeah, so what, like, 
I mean, I I don't really know anything about buying property. But <laughs> like, you know, for so long. How like, long have you been doing this? I'm like, what's we But like, um, you. Great, thank you. Um, like, what do you need? Like, ten percent to 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 get the mortgage? So you have to put like three hundred. I mean, that's a down. good low amount. It changes, but is it not sometimes like twenty? Yeah. So what you'd have to like cash down of like 600,000 or something and then you'd be paying yeah I don't know what a year so someone yeah I mean I guess like a surgeon <laughs> I don't know who earns, earns like but I even a surgeon, surgeon <laughs> to me sounds like quite a normal job like yeah, it's like it's you've probably, actually trained and stuff if you work in finance if I you guess. work in finance or, again no idea what you get paid but yeah. I guess you get like, paid what you want uh, like celebrity type, like yeah, maybe like people that have inherited a three million pound property in West London. Yeah. Mm. Well, I might string him along and go to see one park drive in Canary Wharf. How how does it work if you do like a? Because obviously now he knows. Actually, I don't us like, as like him. a couple, so then it's like I show up with someone then else. You have to bring <laughs> it. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're in as a polyamorous relationship. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of us. Yeah. Uh, no, I, to be honest, I wouldn't want to see him again. He wasn't much fun. It's more so you're not dating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a, I mean, for me, that was a date. This <laughs> whole uh, podcast is an excuse for you to uh, hook up with an estate agent. <laughs> yeah, meet a potential uh, sugar daddy. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't have another feeling with him. Also, partly because I think he saw through the act. Mm. I let you lead mostly because you knew you know more about these things because you've done a few of these. And I've never. But I really tripped up on the the mortgaging and the selling. Like, yeah. yeah. But I, he, I never get asked that because it because you implied it was like from the money is coming from like your family as well. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know who he was looking at when he asked about it. Maybe yeah. he was looking at me, but usually they would look at the man, you know, and be yeah. like, yeah, because also that's what I was wondering. Like then, because I feel like maybe it was quite gendered like how he treated mm. you as well like it was like a bit patronizing and a bit like yeah do you know what I mean, well, I mean whereas I did maybe seem it, like an idiot so yeah but I, I don't think mind you're allowed to if be he wants an idiot to like if you've got three mansplain million. mortgaging to me then it's fine yeah. uh yeah I don't know I seem like an idiot who's been like oh I've inherited a house let's look oh, for a new place immediately yeah. before we've even thought about selling it I, but I, I don't want to live in this old house in West London I want to live <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something new yeah you know the area as well is I hate it yeah I think to be honest the grey weather is not helping but yeah, I, I guess yeah, it might feel know, different to I hate this area when it's like a beautiful like Day. But then, in a way, then it's like almost better to see something like this when it is great because, like, you live in London, yeah. it's going to be like this like 90% of the time. But I would rather live in Canary Wharf. Yeah. Because it's shinier. <laughs> yeah. I've been like brainwashed by Canary Wharf, honestly. Uh, well, I mean, I guess... you know, like, if I had millions, I'm not saying like. Canary Wharf has been, you know, like. Like, it took a while for it to get going there, right, in a sense, like, in terms of, like, like, the, the that first, the, the main, like, tower or whatever, that was, like, 91, that was complete or something, like, mm. but 
like it sort of was seen as a failure for a long time that whole like moving the financial district to the Docklands and developing that mm. area and like but I that makes you think like how long will it be until this place even feels as vibrant as Canal Wharf, <laughs> you know? And it's like, well you gotta wait around for twenty years for it to be like as fun and great as Canary Wharf. Like because wow. like this idea that you because also so many of these places try to tell you like, oh it's got a community vibe and this sort of thing, but it's like but who believes this shit? So long. Does, do people actually believe this? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously this is a much, I mean, actual like Canary Wharf is obviously just the kind of corporate hellhole, but like around it you have like quite a mix of residential buildings and things. Whereas, does it feel like busy and vibrant? Like, living, <laughs> do you absolutely know what I mean? not. No, it doesn't feel like. I mean, it's. To be honest, I think it's still quite quiet because of COVID and a lot of people yeah, are working yeah. from home. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's like, you want to go for a drink, you probably end up somewhere like this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's. I guess I'm just too seduced by like shiny buildings. Mm. <laughs> I like that there's this like, like tension where you're like, these places are despicable, but you are <laughs> yeah, also know, attracted like... by them. Right? If I ever come into loads of money, the last asset arrest is going to be me actually buying a flat. <laughs> they slowly just become like you actually just like, like going trying to, to buy a flat. <laughs> yeah. um, I would never and it just turns into a podcast about like investing in property. And then I get a job as a real estate agent and flip and to you the dark a, side. Uh, yeah, landlord, and you're just like flipping properties. <laughs> so, like, well, it starts to feel like like giving advice on like is it worse than nine hours is the place to, to invest. <laughs> No, it is worse being in, being in the art world, but... Marginally. Yeah. It depends on part of the art world, obviously. Um, yeah, well, it's not so different, right? Like, as a market, you know, it's... Yeah, so you speculation... You would talk about the same, in the same way about this thing, it's like... Like, when he says, oh, you know, Nine Elms is one of the best places to invest or whatever, like, and it's, it's only going up, like, you just change the word Nine Elms t- to... Chinese art or something and it's the same thing right like oh it's great to invest in like Chinese artists right now it's a growing market and you know like it's the same thing and we're even talking about the same figures like yeah like a few million a few million like what that penthouse that 3.4 like that's that's not gonna buy that buy you like a doodle by Warhol it's not like it's like (laughs) you know which would you buy, the penthouse or the doodles? I don't know, they say, I mean, like, if I had that kind of money, I don't know what the fuck I would do with it, but like, mm. they say art's the safest, no? Like, in a way, like... But at least with the property, you can live in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't live... I you mean, can't live in your doodle. <laughs> I mean, you can put it on the wall. What the service charges for this wall? <laughs> for this, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there are service charges for our works. 
Well, there's insurance, uh, for sure. The service charge was low in that flat, 3.5. Oh yeah, but I mean, I'm obsessed with the whole service charge thing because it's there's no cap on how much it can increase each year. And when I said, but what does it increase or decrease in relation to? Like, he couldn't give an answer. Well, he said like, or in relation to the services. And I'm like, well, yeah, well the service is going to increase by now. Yeah, it's like the sh- services are going to... Well, now we're offering same. massages and like... <laughs> Or like he just means in like just inflation, like in relation yeah. to. Still, it's not a great answer. Yeah, like once you're in there and then you're stuck, like because sometimes it's attached to like the value of the property, right? And then it's like you're in this weird bind where like, okay, the price of my property is going up, but then so are my service charges. But then also maybe you don't give a shit if you've got that kind of money if yeah, you're paying like, what, seven eight grand, grand you? instead of seven grand like yeah no of course yeah silly me <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like oh no my service charges went up by like even if they went up by like 10% that's 700 quid yeah and like to someone yeah. with 3.4 million like Nothing. 700 quid extra a year is like it's like spare change yeah but but it's diff- it's total obviously it's a completely different issue if you are like you know trying to first time buyer trying to get on the market on the ladder and like buying like a one bed flat on the third floor like and then suddenly it goes up by that much yeah like, do no, they pay the same like oh it's by the square footage right so it's not that like uh, everyone's paying seven grand no it's by the square footage right, seven yeah. pays the same rate yeah. Um, and if there's any like that's fair that's fair help to buy or shared ownership or whatever then they'll probably get lumped paying for like huge service yeah. charges yeah I didn't I wanted to ask about affordable housing yeah I forgot because some of the lower rise stuff might have been yeah because so you have was that, that was part nine of the point is like this tower and then there was like maybe three there was another sort of smaller tower and then there was like three lower ones that maybe were just like eight or ten floors maybe yeah and presumably which looked nicer yeah they were like overlooking the the, like shared garden which was Mm. quite nice but presumably like the affordable housing was like shoved into one of them like I know for example like because I was looking I looked a lot into like the Battersea development in in my thesis and they're like it's just like nine, 9% of the units are affordable, which Lambeth Council have like a policy that 50% of new builds are affordable. Oh. So like you see how much they've like knocked it down and down and down. Yeah, that's And crazy. they started at like 20% and then they, they say like, oh, well, you know, we're investing in like building two new uh, tube stops here. So we like the costs are too much and we need to we can't do this money and it's dropped and dropped and dropped and now there's like 300 units that are affordable in the Battersea Power Station development which includes like the Frank Geary building and the Foster and Partners building Mm. as well rentable affordable or like buyable no no like under the affordable housing scheme which means that they have to be like you rent them and they're like 80% of market rate 80% of market yeah which is like still insane like it's not affordable by our standards it's just like it's a bit like when 
when the Tories changed like the name of like minimum wage to like living wage to make it sound like you could actually fucking live on that wage and it's like mm. no you can't but um but all of those units that are affordable in, in the Battersea development are um in a separate completely separate building which isn't part of the power station and isn't part mm. of the Geary or the so they can't access areas. the facility so there's zero of zero of those like star properties that are actually like under the affordable bit yeah. and, and it's like basically they just built like one block that is all affordable mm. and it's like in the southernmost point so furthest from the river and it's like like if you look at the map and they like value each bit of land it's like on the cheapest obviously part of the land it's on the other side of the railway so it's like completely like separated yeah so when they say like oh you know like in this development of at Battersea Power Station like 10% of the units are like under affordable housing it's like it's not that 10% of the units in Battersea Power Station are affordable. It's, it's not even they, part and, of and the building. Often they come to like agreements where they'll develop like a tower here, not a single unit will be affordable, mm-hmm. but then the same developer will be like, oh, okay, well, we'll build 10% of the units for you that are affordable in Lambeth Council. Okay. So it won't even be like in this area. So yeah. they'll just like build some Outsource lower, to some other developer yeah, and like lower standards um, housing that is like somewhere yeah. else, and it's not it's not at all comparable to social housing. Obviously, like it's just like capped at eighty percent of the market around here. But all this development has like probably tripled the the value of property yeah, in this area. So like it's like. It's not 80% of what houses costed, cost in Vauxhall before all of this yeah, was yeah. developed. It's like 80% of what they cost now that they've developed all this. So it's like, it's not at all affordable to anyone that lived, was displaced by this development. It's, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, this one, Embassy Gardens, when I viewed that, they made a big point of saying that the affordable housing or whatever, uh, the people there couldn't use any of the facilities. Like that was almost um, a selling point to you, like, oh, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, some of them, usually Ballymore, always use that as a selling point. And I'm yeah. like... You won't have to mix with the riffraff. Yeah. But what's ironic is, like, these this riffraff or whatever are, like... Richer than... They're, like, you know, like, teachers and doctors yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, it's exactly. not like they're, like, uh, you know, in working-class professions. No. Yeah, no, it's insane. Um... So is it a yes or a no? Are you going to invest? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'd sooner take my money to Canary Wharf. <laughs> what about you? You're really not selling Canary <laughs> Wharf now. Acid Arrest, sponsored, sponsored by, by One Park Drive. Yeah. I actually would, I've not even seen it, but I'm like, I would buy somewhere at One Park Drive. Rather than this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I had 3.4 million, I don't know. I mean, I would just buy like somewhere by the sea. Buy nice. like four houses. Yeah. I would buy like a big place somewhere and invite all my friends to live there. Yeah. <laughs> free and no, I'd buy like an inner city. I was going to say a giant inner city place, but you don't get that. Yeah. yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for coming with me to view that property. Um, yeah. um, 
it was nice to finally I'll meet you. Let you know if the guy does follow up with me, because yeah. I feel like that'll be an indicator of whether he really believed us or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I guess it's like maybe it's even just policy that he will send you a bunch of. Like you must get so many annoying emails and calls. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't answer my phone anymore. <laughs> If, if the number's not like saved in it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I should get another phone number. <laughs> yeah, and a few more names. Yeah, but yeah, thank you. It's been fun. Yeah. And it's good to hear about your work. Reassurance, you're not neglected. How are you fixed here? Are you okay at the moment? You don't have to keep ordering. I just want to make sure you're not feeling neglected as well. We're good. Not thank neglected. You so much. Good. Thanks for listening, and please see the links below to see and find out more about Wilf's brilliant work. Please share, subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Asset Arrest. I'm hoping the next episode will be a viewing of One Park Drive in Canary Wharf, um, if I can entice someone to come with me. Until then, have a great day and stay safe from scams and property developers. Asset Arrest. Making contact. Gaining access. Asking questions. Wasting time.